0: this is a podcast from Minute Media.
1: <laughs> it would be a wolf spot, eh? On full, people might get winning here for Wolves flapped in the shot.
2: Good evening everybody. Matt Guy here, joined by Gully and Stu. Much like Wolves, we have left it a little late this evening. So apologies for that, but we are here to discuss the 2 2 draw with Franchise FC Chelsea. Um gentlemen, how are we feeling this evening? Are we a little happier um than we were after the Brighton shellacking?
1: Yeah, um content, I think is the word.
0: It, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's impossible to not feel a bit better uh, after that shit show, to be honest. like, yeah. Surely a, a draw away at the European Champions
2: is uh, an improvement on what we saw at well, Brighton. You did absolutely think that. Um, firstly, a bit of um, housekeeping. We are here. Um, thank you to Pixel Yeti Media and to 90min.com. So we appreciate their support. And thank you to everybody that is tuning in um, live as well as listening to this um, in podcast format, if you do have any comments throughout, drop them in, and we'll try and get them uh, read out as we go along as well. So, gentlemen, um, before we go into the lineup, I wanted to mention who wasn't playing. I just wanted to get your thoughts and opinions on something. Um, Pedence wasn't playing yesterday, um, and from what I understand and what has been has been put out there, he has kind of been given the option to play um he could go and have injections to play through an injury has chosen not to is there anything to be read into that or is that just a case of a player looking after their own well-being at a point in the season where you know he doesn't want to risk an injury to to hamper his start to next season gully is there anything in that is that a standard practice do you think
0: yeah I, I think this sort of stuff goes on a hell of a lot more than than we think we kind of covered this in the in the previous show to be fair but it's it's ultimately his body. Um I go back to last season when he picked up an injury kind of second half of the season and you know it, we were disappointed to not have him available for a while. And when he came back, he looked like he was probably rushed back and he was he was terrible. He was genuinely awful. He had a bit of a truncated start to this season, but when he came back fully fit and firing, you know, we've seen the best of him. So if it is the case that if he was to play under, you know, medical kind of conditions and and a little bit of a caveat, if we're not going to see the best of Daniel Prudence, then he's not even half the player of what we need him to be. So mm-hmm. I'd rather he probably look after himself. And you know, let's be fair, especially with the way results are gone today, we're not in with the shout anymore this season. So I'd rather mm-hmm. he recuperate and, and be ready for the start of next season at this point.
2: Mm-hmm. Fair. Fair. are well, moving on to the uh, to the playing lineup then for the game, um, we've obviously Jimenez has come back into the side, um, along with Johnny uh, has come back into the side. Also, Pedro Neto starts as well. Stu, from your point of view, when you saw this lineup, um, what were your thoughts? Did you think did it matter at this point? Did you think we we're onto a hiding no matter who we put out, or were you um, were you encouraged by what you saw from the team sheet?
1: I was amazed that Ait Nuri played. Um, I was convinced that Marcel had returned in some form mm. or other after what happened against Brighton. And, and he seems to have been the uh, the whipping boy a lot of the times this season, whenever anything remotely has gone wrong for him. Um, the rest, it's kind of been, it's been such a much of a muchness of nonsense and rubbish for the last month that this is probably the the least excited I've got of a team lineup. up And I checked it at two minutes past two. I mean, normally you kind of, you're refreshing five minutes before and getting all ready and excited. But it got to the stage where I thought, well, they're all as bad as each other. Nothing's going to happen. But so when we saw that, that comes up and it's like, well, where's Dendonka going to play this week? That's kind of what was my thought process behind it. And for the first 50 minutes, I still wasn't sure. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it was, again, good to see Neto get a start after what's happened to him and, you think well, Neto and Jimenez might get something like Raúl and uh, Jota used to have. Maybe that's going to happen, but again, I was I wasn't excited. I'll put it that way. Golly, mm-hmm.
2: well, from your point of view, and obviously hindsight is uh, twenty twenty. What changes would you have made? What would your lineup have looked like? Would it have been any different to what we actually got on the day?
0: It's, it's funny, isn't it Because uh, I'm just having kind of read through that I think you' patricio Doherty and jotter away from the team that drew <laughs> one all at Chelsea um back in that first season back in the Premier league um with that ridiculous goal whether one two in all the way up the pitch and and whatnot and we got done in the last minute by hazard but yeah it it just goes to kind of highlight how little we've uh, we've we've changed the team doesn't it but yeah, it just as as Stu kind of alluded to, it was quite underwhelming. Um, it was the safe option, the experienced eleven, and after all the talk of Brighton, you know, being a bit of a watershed moment and potentially throwing in some new faces into the team. Yeah, it was just a bit like, okay, same old shit, and uh, we'll see how we get on. Thankfully, Chelsea have been pretty crap recently, so maybe we might still pull a result out of the bag, but nothing to get excited about now. Nah.
2: Mm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when the game started, um, uh, you could see from the off that it was going to be a game actually where Chelsea were going to let us have chances. But at the same time, as the game went on, some defensively, we started to look a little shaky. What do you, What did you think of kind of the, the opening salvo, the opening 10, 15 minutes? Stu, you, you're obviously in the ground. Did you uh, were you thinking? You what? What beer can I get in the next fifteen minutes? Or, or what were you, you know? How was the game panning out for you at that moment in time?
1: Well, other than the first two minutes, I was in the ground. Um, the traffic in London was ridiculous. I mean, mm. to be fair, we were in we were down there at half ten, and we still missed kickoff. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it didn't look encouraging, did it? It was almost like, a, oh no, there's going to be there's no outlet here. There's no out ball everything every time we get the ball we're gonna there's no option there's no passing right and everything was just as stale as it has been i thought well you've had a week to sort yourselves out and nothing Mm. has changed at all and i know we've we've done it quite a few times over the the years when we've soaked up a lot of pressure but there's always been an out ball and in that first maybe the first 10 15 minutes they didn't seem to be one Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of the talk after the Brighton game wasn't necessarily about ability, footballing ability. It was about heart and passion and desire. What did you get from 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 the start of the game? Goody, did you see some of the warning signs that we had of a bit of an abject, a bit of um, demotivated Wolves? How did you kind of, with that in the back of your mind, how did you think that we started the game?
0: Right. I mean, a half time I tweeted saying the game was almost like a game of walking football. It was just <laughs> just off the pace. You know, there was uh, a little kind of ambling around going on. Uh, even Chelsea weren't really injecting anything into the game to suggest that they were going to overwhelm us in any way. Yeah, Timo Werner was making his runs, as he usually does, without really threatening. He pulled one save out of Sar, I think, early on. But it was just one of those games somebody needed to kind of grab by the scruff of the neck and do something with, but we haven't mm. really got the team to do that, uh, to kind of shake it up. But it it, it felt like a follow-on from the Brighton game in the sense that everything was a bit tentative. Nobody was really sure of themselves. But I, I mean, I go back to Thomas Tuchel's first game um, when th- they played us at their place last season. Yeah. And the first thing he did straight away, after having beaten Chelsea earlier in that season at Molyneux, was stop teams playing stop teams mm-hmm. getting out and you felt there was a vulnerability there so I feel like things have gone a little bit sideways for them compared to that that stage um, and maybe his coaching is wearing off a little bit but it just didn't look it wasn't an enjoyable game at that point for sure
2: yeah I mean it wasn't without its drama I suppose in the first half at least um We'll bring in our own Peter Walton, Stew Hall here. Um, <laughs> a couple of the chances oh, that's,
0: that yeah, that's the that's the best one you, you, we've come up with actually. Peter Walton, you know, you know that bloke that nobody really wants to hear
1: from is, is that. <laughs> that really and here he, is. I'm going on the beer machine again. You to the nation.
2: Well, obviously there was a, there was um, there was two contentious uh, decisions in the first half that both fell in Wolves' favour. One um, offside decision, which is is. Well, it's clearly offside. No no issues there. But the disallowed goal where Saces dramatically fell to the ground as he's lost his man. Where, you know, Objectively, Stu, what were your thoughts on that when you saw it? Did you get a good view of it yourself from your, your seat in the ground and watching it, the highlights since? What were your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, it was right in front of us. Um, at the time, I thought, well, that's a foul. Mm-hmm. But then at the back of your mind, you think, well... It's Chelsea against us, so it's probably not going to be given as a foul. Mm-hmm. Because we, it's almost like we've been accustomed to getting the raw end of things with these kind of situations and these decisions mm-hmm. against big well, big six aircraft sides. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the offside was... The biggest problem is with that first half was how long things took. Yeah, it took ages, didn't it? I mean, the, the offside was blatantly offside anyway. Straight away with a naked eye from behind the goal. You could see that it was offside and it took about four minutes. I think well, something the, th- like the that. thing
2: was they, they they checked two offsides in that phase, and they didn't need to in you know because it, the the second offside was so offside, they didn't <laughs> need to spend so much time on the first one. I don't know if there's a sequence of these things; they've got to do it in a chronological order. But it, it I mean, it must have felt like an eternity in the ground, much less watching it on some nefarious street.
1: Yeah, I mean it. You had a Blake standing next to me. I mean, to be fair to him, he had two bottles of old in. gluten free obviously but he still had two to be fair to him and he had um is that
0: good going he, for blake is that what you're suggesting
1: well uh, we've said this before but he's on the record was when he had fo- he went point for point with me at reading in the championship and then was sick on the coach wheel um <laughs> and he's never drunk that much again but yeah two point, two 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 points or two bottles is very good going for blake um yeah he he was enraged. he started chanting fuck var and everything and <laughs> What is taking us so long and all this kind of thing? But it was just a stunt. Just we just standing around because I think we've said all the year that this is well the last few years. This is the problem with it. Mm-hmm. No issue with the technology at all, but it's the fact that we have got morons using it. Which I don't know. I, obviously, that's the first time I've heard this about they were checking two off sides, which is baffling. You check the you check the one that led to the goal first, because then if yeah. that's fine, then you check the one before if the, if that was mm-hmm. an issue doesn't make any sense that one but yeah, yeah. the fell was say i mean it, it looks worse on when i watch match of the day this morning it looks worse on telly than at the time it looked like a genuine push more than a, a slip and an exaggeration um so in real time i had no issue with it but yeah it looks he's got away with one let's put it that mm. way
2: there was another there was another kind of un highlighted um, decision, well, it wasn't a decision and that was the problem really and that was Aspilicueta not seeing red. Um, I said at the time and then uh, then in the group chat, it, um, Dan had mentioned it as well that uh, Aspilicueta was already on a yellow when he's checked his man with his elbow for the first yellow and then he stops. I can't remember who he brings down, but he just brings him down like with no attempt on the ball in, during an attacking phase of play and nothing's nothing's done about it. I mean, should more have been made about this, or is this some kind of, you know, you've worn a tin foil hat in your time, Stu? Is this a, a top six bias or what's going on?
1: We would have had a player sent off, wouldn't we? It's it's not even bias, it's it's it just happens all the time. I think and you, you see in pretty much every game. I mean, it it was a yellow card, but the fact that he was already on a yellow it would have been. It's one of them where you always see every time, unless it's a goal-scoring opportunity. If they're already, mm. already on the yellow and they do something like that, they, they get a little telling off. Said, "Don't do that again." Yeah. You, you next one, you're off. But so I was again. I wasn't surprised. But
0: the, mm. it's weird. The, the yellow card, as much as it obviously being a caution, almost becomes a get out of jail free card for the next tackle mm. to a certain mm. extent. And I think that's what he kind of saved him. the other thing I think was. From what I remember, I think it was just before Aitnuri's chance, where basically Neto loses the ball because mm-hmm. he's pulled back. Bolly then picks it up and plays Aitnuri in. So, because the phase has moved on, there's basically a chance to score. I wonder if
2: that has distracted mm, the referee a little bit as well. Maybe mm-hmm. just yeah. uh, a strange one. Listen, I'm all up for the. Um, I'm all up for making. You know. Keeping the game and, and and not ruining the occasion if there's a neutral in these scenarios, but when it's against your team, you absolutely you know it's just one of those things I guess, but moving like as the game progressed, we go into half time um we, we come out of the blocks, and then all of a sudden, wow, things fall apart quickly so quickly um and unfortunately, there was one man to blame um and that is <laughs> silly Sace. Um, where do we really go with this now? Since he's come back from the African Cup of Nations, he hasn't seemed like the same player and a, a kind of a multitude of errors really throughout the game that could have cost us a defeat. And we, you know, we we snatched a draw out the jaws of a defeat, to be fair. Um, Gully, from your point of view, how frustrating is this for you bearing in mind how crucial he was for uh really excellent defensive stats prior to him going to Afcon.
0: it's it's quite sad to see to an extent because you you do feel like he's on his way out now and Mm -hmm. whilst we've we've constantly called for an upgrade on him he's still kind of manfully you know made his way and and like you say had a bit of a renaissance this season He's he's been really really good, part of a really good defensive setup, and I still think he has qualities that nobody else in the team can really replace with this distribution from the back, which has also fallen off a cliff in the last few games. To be fair, but mm. might have a bit to do with what's in front of him. I just think this this situation is he's known to do rash things. Uh, I think back to you know behind closed doors games, and Man City at home. I think last season he he dives in and gives away a penalty early doors. And you just like you mate, you've just you've just kind of you know, they don't need any more help <laughs> than than what the mm. they're already gonna kind of achieve in the game. And with this one, I just thought if you're gonna try and run the ball out of play, make sure it's not someone like Lukaku who's gonna <laughs> be challenging you because mm. he's a pretty big lad. He might just muscle you off the ball. That's what ends up happening, and he just panics then, doesn't he, once he's on the on the ground.
2: But it's not even it's not even a a veiled attempt at a tackle, is it? It's 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 just it's just awful i mean Stuart, it must bore your piss to to see this and and be a constant thorn in our side when actually we were holding on you know defensively we 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 get we gave some chances away of course but we were still in the game and then and then something that isn't um a mistake it's is like a conscious decision for him to kind of kick out at him to try and essentially rectify his own error it's it's just it's just not good enough is it
1: no, I mean, I've got tablets to stop the, the piss balling anyway, but it's almost <laughs> like we need tablets for to get rid of sides now because it's gone too far. I mean, you you can list them off like the like Palace where he got himself sent off for no reason at all, away, mm. um, things like that. And at least throughout his whole Wolves career, he's he's had patches. Like even when he was in midfield, he'd have game, he'd have months where he was superb, and then mm-hmm. he'd have he'd have something mad had happened, and then he'd he'd go for weeks and weeks being shit. And then he get replaced, and it was it's like a cycle of madness. that I don't know where it, why it happens, mm. but yeah, Toti got dropped for no reason at all when he was playing well just to bring him back, and ever since, he's been awful. And there was people genuinely around saying, this is never a penalty and all this kind of rubbish, as, as you expect. Um, but again, Blake looked to me and said, that, that'll be pulled back. And of course it will, he just kicked him for no reason. <laughs> And then when they, when they showed it on the screen, I mean, it was half and half, and people said, okay, oh, yeah, fair enough, and then the rest said, oh, we never touched him, it, that didn't lead to him falling over and all this. Well, come on. You can only defend players for a certain amount of time. And mm-hmm. it's not like he's a kid, is it? He's, what, 31 now, maybe? Um, yeah, it, just ridiculous. Ridiculous decision. He was... <laughs> it was almost like... I mean, he got lucky earlier in the first half, like we already mentioned, and... He, it was almost like he was waiting to do something in that game. Yeah. Like something, something mad was going to happen to him. Like you just, like the, when we used to have that bet every weekday with we about in um, the accumulators booking size every week. And it, I think we, some of us made a, a bit of a, a bit of a killing off that for that certain seasons. But because he's he's got that madness in him, and it, for a long part of the first half of the season, it was gone. But since he's come back, it's been back with a vengeance and. Love that comment just on the screen. I do think he he probably has played his last I hope he has played his last game for Wolves because now like Gully said we've got nothing to play for now. Just give give, give Toy a run if or go to a back four, which either way he's not going to be a part of. So mm. it's been a brilliant servant, fair play, 200 plus games, but now it's time to say goodbye, unfortunately. Just the way it is.
2: Yeah, I mean the sentiment the sentimentality in football, but at the same time, it just feels like the right the right time now doesn't it let's be honest and I, i'm not here to question the character of the man but there's depending on who you believe you know the contract situation he's asking for money that is in the top earner of the club territory depending on if you believe it or not and when you consider the options and 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 what we're trying to achieve as a club i just don't think i can't see us coming to any kind of agreement that keeps him at the club and and and, and wanting to stay and and expanding on the project the project i hate that term but um there we go and then let's not forget you know he caught he gave away the foul that um caused the free kick that ended up with that offside goal as well it wasn't like a singular occurrence with that penalty either so it's one of those but if that penalty was a tragedy then the next goal for chelsea was a comedy a comedy of errors (laughs) if anything because Good God, we don't make it easy for ourselves. Was it two minutes later? I think. Um, I mean, fair play to Lukaku. It was a stunning finish from him, but we can't. After, I mean, Gully, you concede. What do you do? You just, you just hunker down. You don't do anything stupid, and you ride out the next five to ten minutes, don't you? Or do you? I don't know. Um, And we just, and we concede after another two minutes. It's got to be. It's got to be one of the most frustrating things when you've still got a foothold in the game to concede a goal like that. What were your thoughts on the, on the second goal for Chelsea? Yeah. I mean, the, the,
0: I guess the most annoying thing for me about it is the fact that Chelsea weren't really that good. Mm. And, you know, we, we've kind of allowed them to get into a 2 the lead. You know, make these teams work hard for the especially, they've got enough quality as it is. You know, and, and notorious we are for making it difficult for really good teams to actually get into the game and get into a lead and create chances. And it's just so not us. You know, as much as we want to be free-flowing, attacking, and and all that. Our absolute comfort blanket is just being hard to beat, mm. and then you see shit like that happen, and it just really disappoints you. And I mean the the, the I've, I've had it going through my head all week. Yeah, we are we've been no bollocks FC, haven't we? Like in recent weeks, yeah. and we we lost them in that moment because we've gone one 0 down. We're probably feeling a bit sorry for ourselves. You know, there's a, a stupid moment between Cody and Neves. I, I don't really know who's to blame there, to be honest, because clearly Cody's looking for Dendonka with, with that pass. But a yeah, bit of communication goes awry. Great finish, like you say. And yep, guess what? Good players will punish you if you're going mm-hmm. you know, give, to give them chances. But ultimately, you've got to be so disappointed with yourselves at that moment. It's just... Ugh. And it felt like another you know, Brighton moment where it's just like, oh, this is going to go on to be three or four now. At that time, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I yeah. think, as like I say, for me, I think it's I mean, why he's Cody blasting it so hard in, that, in that, that situation. I mean, because
0: he was trying to get it past him, though. Was he wasn't trying to pass it to Neves? Was he? So it,
1: it was just, it was just mad why he was. He could see someone in the way. He's trying to be overly clever for who knows why. And you could see when, as soon as he went in, he didn't like start ranting and raving at anyone like Casper Schmeichel style. He fully took the blame himself. But yeah, I th- it was just a fucker body, worry, basically.
2: It was. It was. Um, Wayne here is, you know, players make mistakes. They're only human. We feel bad. Sure, players feel worse when their mistake leads to a goal. Um, I mean, we're going to discuss in the second half um, of, of this show the fight back but there was an interesting video that came out of the players um, getting onto the bus prior to the game. I don't know if you guys saw it on Twitter. And some of the, some of the replies were absolutely hilarious from, from um, <laughs> Wolves Twitter basically saying, I look like you're up for it lads, this, this. And I was like, well, you can I mean, the players can't do right for doing wrong. Can they really, if it's all joking and they're, they're doing handstands onto the coach, they're not being taken seriously enough. If they've got their heads down and they are focus, they're not taking it seriously enough, and they're not up for it. I do feel, in you know, th- these are people as well as much as higher high paid as they are that shouldn't really factor into it. Um, and we will talk about the mentality of the team in the second half. Um, but I don't know if you guys saw that some of the replies were were, were quite golden on a on a Wolves Twitter level.
0: It was, it was brilliant, wasn't it? I, I, I really thought they should have been channeling their kind of inner Gerard Butler. You know, Dizzy Sparta. <laughs> you know, as they're entering the coach. You know. Probably what 24 hours before they even kick, kick off, like <laughs> just literally imagine them like smashing the bus up before the game <laughs> or something, just to really make them feel like, Look, we're not angry with each other, there's no bus ups at training. This is, yeah. this is how we just take our frustrations out, and we're now going to take it out on Chelsea. But <laughs> I mean, they probably had the most boring bus journey, you know, known to man in prospect down into freaking central London or whatever. But yeah, I, I don't know what people expected them. But I want to yeah. do. any any ideas?
1: <laughs> you you can if they're, not, if they're not coming out, blood sacrificing each other, wearing their own yeah. vials of each other's blood around their necks, then they're, they're not show, They're not bleeding for the cause. And fuck them off. Yeah, it's I haven't seen that, but it, nothing surprises me anymore at all. <laughs> um,
2: so just a couple of lower low highlights uh, performance wise. Um, Jimenez. Again, you know, invisible really on the pitch. Um, what well, what do you do? What do you do? Is it a case that now we just ride the season out? You know, we talked. You talked earlier about giving Gomez um, a run out. Is it a case just to give Silva the rest of the season because Jimenez, not for want of trying, I don't think, but it's just it's just not happening for him. Is it Stuart at the minute?
1: Well, it is for the ones that trying because he doesn't do anything at all, and when he, when he gets the ball and he runs. He runs with it. He falls over to try and win a free kick. Mm. But he, his confidence is completely shot. Again, rightly or wrongly, you can kind of put the blame on him as well now because he's had. It's not like he's just come back. He's had a whole season and mm. he's played like this for Mexico as well. It's not just for us. And because we don't create anything anyway, he's played like this for his for his own country. And mm. he's just not the same player anymore. We have just got to accept that that's what it is. He's he had a horrific injury? this happens to people very mm. rare people come back from something this horrific to be the same person let alone the same player you can't blame him for doing all his, mer- his like pimping of his, the merchandise and the sponsorship stuff that he does <laughs> on insta I mean, fair enough he's got to make a book somewhere but he's not he's not making enough money as it is as no exactly he's got to, <laughs> he, he knows his time's coming to an end so he's, he's getting his dollar while he can but it's <laughs> He's not good enough anymore. Mm. He's had a whole year. He's yeah. had a whole season. And let's, let's be honest, he was back. The, to, he was back. Uh, well, yeah, over a year ago. He had more than a preseason, more than anyone else to get fit, to get up to speed. And yet, that takes away the heading. But it doesn't take away his feet. His feet are still there. You can understand him mm. not going for things with his head. Fine, brilliantly understandable. But to not put the effort in elsewhere. Unforgivable for me, and I think Pricey put this, the stats about his his game on in the group chat as well. And he's just he's a hindrance more than anything else. Mm. And what do you do? Do you give him? Do you get I thought, oh, we'll give him a season where now he's wearing a thong with an eye patch on the side of his head. Now that that, that might help him. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's what he needs. But is that going to help him in preseason with his with his feet? Because that's the problem. He doesn't. He doesn't score with his feet, and he doesn't look like he's in the right positions. Everything about his game is wrong. Well, if it was me, I, I, yeah. I'd, I'd get rid you now in the summer. Just again, it's been great parting in the ways while well, we, we while we can get something for him. And I think it might have just gone stale for him as well. He might just need a change. And I know that won't because of well, what he brings yeah. to the club. Let me let and me ask.
2: Let me ask now. Monetary wise, you know, we're not gonna. He, if, if, if this was ebbing and flowing like the stock market, his value is pretty low at the moment, you know, as a player, not that, you know, compared to other periods in his Wolves career. But Gully, with the, all the signs point that we're going to play a at four at the back next season, are you interested at all in seeing what Jimenez can do at a four in the back formation, which tends to mean you have more of an attacking presence and more service behind you? Is it worth... Keeping him on to see if we can get anything out of him in a different formation.
0: I, I, I look, I, I try not to be one for outlandish statements, but he look for a start. I don't think he's he's done, I don't think he's done at the club, I don't think he's totally finished. But right at this moment in time, I don't want him anywhere near the team. If he's in the team, I don't want him anywhere near the ball. If he gets the ball, I don't I want him to do the most simple thing possible and just give it to another gold share because. At the moment, he's failing to do that even. And the common denominator for our two goals at the weekend was that Raul was nowhere near getting involved in either of them. Mm. And genuinely, in the first half especially, I think, and Brighton was was an absolute you know, embarrassment of warmth from him. He, we're playing with 10. We're, we are playing with 10 right now. He is so bad. Whenever he receives it, he's losing the ball when he's looking for a teammate, he's not finding them. It's just absolutely, you know, write the rest of the season off, Raul. Because I ain't mean being funny. You've got, a, you've had a newborn child. Go and spend some time with them. Like, just, just, you know, have your first, have a bit of paternity leave. Happy days. You know, honestly, I wish you all the best in bringing him up. Uh, you know, in the early parts of his life. But right now, the team just does not work with you in it. He had no right to replace Fabio in the Brighton game at mm-hmm. half-time. Absolutely no right whatsoever. And I'm disappointed in Bruno for making that decision. But when Fabio receives the ball, he's a much more cohesive footballer than Raul Jimenez right now. Whether you think he's going to score a goal or not, I don't care. He's a better player in transition, in possession, working for the team. And that's it, period, at this moment in time.
1: Mm. And people have seen it now as well. And when when Fabio Silva started, he came down the touchline to warm up in that first half, he got the biggest cheer of the... Of, well up until the last 20 minutes, the biggest cheer of the game, and chanting his name, and that's with nothing, and obviously on the was nothing was happening anyway, regardless, but people know what he's, people with a brain, can see what Fabio Silva brings to the team, and the fact that the kid is super talented, and he just needs a break, and he's still 19 years old, and look what he's showing, it's just, and others are giving him spare minutes, sparing his minutes and whatever, it doesn't matter now, it's, it's like you said, he, he he does he does everything that Raul doesn't do, but Raul doesn't get the stick because he's what yeah. he's done for us. It's the yeah. whole oh, look where we come from, bollocks again. But it kind of smashed down into one player. But just because he he was good eighteen months ago and before doesn't mean you can't criticize him now. I and mean, that might be something in it. Just give him just give him time off now, give him extended holiday. Because it's not happening for him at all, is it? And it, it is it is yeah. like you said, it's a detriment to the team.
2: Absolutely. Well, listen, like a phoenix rised out of the ashes, we managed to scrape um, a drawer out of this game, which we're going to discuss in the second half. We are going to take a very short break just to allow you to refresh, reset and uh, get a quick drink in if you need one. So um, we will see you after the break where we will discuss the goals and have a little preview of our next fixture and Twitter corner as well. See you shortly.
0: Hi, it's Richard from Wolves Fancast here. Just interrupting today's show before we get back to some questionable opinions and opinionated questions to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. They are a design agency that put you and your business first from web design, logo and branding design and marketing. If you have any marketing needs, get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right. They are over at pixelyettingmedia.com. Come, now let's get back to a show where we can give you some really false wordplay niche cultural references and maybe even a bit of football talk
2: hi everybody welcome back to Wolves fancast um what i want to talk about now is the change at 70 minutes 70 71 minutes when um hunger and desire kicked in seemingly out of nowhere um and, you know, we we end up pushing the game. We're pushing Chelsea. It was all one-way traffic at this point. Um, and Trincao scores an, a, an unreal goal, really. What a beautiful finish it was. Um, one thing, though, that I think is probably frustrating more than anything is he's obviously got this in his locker. But has he, A, been given the time to show it? And, B, has he been guilty of just not showing it enough? Gully, your thoughts on Trincao? First of all, his goal and you know what he offers to the team. I think there's a there's a bigger, wider kind
0: of picture here just because the substitutions that ended up happening. Um, I think Sace was umming and ahhing about coming off for a while, wasn't he? But ultimately, that was what triggered the formation change that really mm-hmm. started to bring us back into the game. Um, Johnny kind of tucked in slightly right centre off, right back. Chiquinho played quite high with, with Trincao kind of filtering out to that side as well and I think what what we've learnt and what probably most people could have seen you know, for a while is that when you get players around Trincao and you don't isolate him to go and try and take on one, two, three men at a time, you know, there's probably a player in there, there's players to bounce off, one, two's happening and just other players around that can distract, you know, defenders to allow him to kind of work his magic a little bit mm-hmm. and you know, thinking about the goal specifically, you know, Chiquinho finds him. He then makes a run outside um, Trincao as he's drifting in towards the the centre of the pitch. Takes the defender away. Trincao finds that yard of space. Lovely strike. I mean, to be fair, he's he's shown it a little bit. He's had a few decent attempts at goal um, throughout the season, but the situation itself hasn't happened often enough because... Not not just because of Trincao being a little bit of a, a flannel, to be honest, if you're being really fair. Um, Stu, don't raise your eyebrow at me. He's soft <laughs> as shit. Um, but also because you know, he hasn't got the support around him to create angles, spaces, bounce off with the teammates and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, a little bit of conviction in his play as a result led to a goal. What a finish it was.
1: Yeah, it was. I think... The um was it against Le- was it Leeds when he hit- not Leeds was he when he hit the bar
0: Newcastle,
1: no not that one the other one where he hit the bar when he, he he'd scored oh what? from like
0: thirty what? yards out yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. someone like- again like when he's at- when he's had time and space I mean said, the <laughs> road derivative. Trinco goal is out to everything to everything Chiellini did yeah fair play because look you said about the space and I think he suffered. I mentioned this on Twitter earlier as well. That playing him inverted, where he's got no right foot whatsoever, has been a detriment to him more than anyone else because he has to cut back inside every single time. And yeah, he's cutting in and getting shots off like Bruno wants. But when you've got no one overlapping, you're kind of blunted from an attack point of view, aren't you? And obviously, we'll come on to crosses into the box in a minute. But yeah, I think what we've seen, and yet yeah, he's been—he's incredibly soft, and he's very Steve Corrick alike. <laughs> With his um, physicality and the fact that the size of the guy, you think, well, like I've said all season, just give. Uh, I wanted to sign him for just to get, get him toughened up, like we did with Neto. Get him a pre-season, maybe get him a sleeve tattoo like Fabio has, and see <laughs> we can we can all get on the Trinco train. It's all here. <laughs> it's all ready. Well, I think it's it's, it's probably too late from now. I, mean,
0: it... uh, I think it'll take a bit more more than a bit of protein powder to get him to get him gunning for. For for fallbacks, he he just seems a bit tentative. I think.
1: Yeah, I think he's he's probably he's what you call a, a mercurial player. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he's. I think he probably suits if we did go four two three one, he would suit that roaming role in the middle perfectly. Um, but again, his lack of any kind of substance in his body weight has been his problem all season long, and it's what pisses people off. And I, I yeah, I. Me good, me praising him all year and wanting him to stay, yeah, fine. But I do understand where everyone else is coming from because he does need to be a bit stronger. And to be fair, once he scored, he seemed to have a bit about him, he seemed to put himself about it. And second that, chance
0: he had,
1: yeah, that second that second chance was it doesn't show it on the, the if there's a replay from behind the goal, that was an incredible block. It was, it was going in, it was going in, yeah. and he would have perfectly deserved that goal as well. But yeah. I think it's probably come a bit too late to save
2: him there. Yeah, the the, the thing in the transfer market is the biggest thing with Trinkau now because you know Barca have made their position pretty clear on on Triore and that was a big factor in whether you know Trinkau was going to come and stay with us. Do do we need to spend that money on? Our defensive frailties, because we're obviously not going to spunk 100 million in this window. Is it better served as spending the money at the back and trying to work with what we've got at the front in order for us to have success next season? Do you think?
0: I think we've got so much talent in attacking areas. You know, it, it feels like it's it's blindingly obvious to everyone apart from you know our management team to a certain extent that you know just having an extra forward in 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 those areas will reap rewards and mm-hmm. to a certain extent i can understand why they don't necessarily trust our defense to um play in the back four there's a lack of pace there and stuff but i just think you know death by a thousand cuts if we can if we can put enough pressure on teams to stop them getting at our defense mm-hmm. you know with that attacking play with holding on to the ball we're keeping possession then you know I, I just, it, it really frustrates me that we have to go away and get points against teams like Chelsea, yeah, Liverpool, Man City in their last four games when we could have picked up points against worse teams like Burnley, Newcastle, Brighton just by being better than them. You know, otherwise, we've got to pull the rabbits out of hats. Let's just go. Le- Leicester have done this for a while now where they beat the bad teams. Um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously they're having a very average season this year, but last year. Any time you saw them come up against an average team, you score. You saw them scoring three or four goals, you know, on occasions, and you think, yeah, you know, we should be doing that because we should be trusting our attacking talents to get us out of these situations. Uh, mm. we need to give them a little bit more backup there.
2: Yeah, I mean, one um, player that we need to talk about, Um, Ull. um Obviously, he's impacting the game. Sensational. Um, why? Hasn't he been given more game time? Do we think, is it um, you know, just the fact that he hasn't been here longer than some of the players? He hasn't got the trust yet of the manager. Do you think it's a case that now he uh, you know, he's clearly had an impact so far? Is he like the second highest assister in the team or something stupid like that now?
1: Um, he has to start the next game, surely. Well, he's got three, he's joint top. He's got three. <laughs> it says it all. Mad, isn't it that? I mean, every time he's come on, he's looked good. Which, mm. Again, like with, with a bit with Fabio, yeah, managing your minutes. But how old is he? Twenty-two. And yeah, he's he's come from a a a league that's not as good as the Premier League, obviously. But still, he seems to have adapted very well in these little cameo appearances. And mm-hmm. they couldn't live with him. He's, he he looked. I know it's me slagging Troyer off again, but having someone cross into the box like that, but not just for the goal, he caused him. They were terrified of him. And he was, within minutes of coming on, him and Matino doing little flicks to each other. Mm-hmm. For for someone who's hardly played to have that confidence away at Chelsea, when, you, when you're already losing, you need to get something out of the game. Fair play to him. He's, I don't know where he's been all season. I, I said that on certain other things that I was on. But he has to start. There's no, there's no other option that he has to start for me. I mean, if that if you have to put Wang on the other side, no, who knows? No, How, no <laughs> <laughs> I mean that where he rolled himself back on onto the pitch and then fell over when we would when we were chasing the game, trying mm. to oh, just it's a, you could do a whole error on on Wang and that whole situation, but yeah, Chichinio has to start now. Like we said, Chichinio and Fabiano for the rest of the season. Don't care.
2: They have to start mm-hmm. do you any uh, advances on that i i love
0: this kid man i love him like he's you know talking about no bollocks fc he's got enough to share around hasn't he <laughs> like he's just absolutely fearless he reminds me of jota like because he had a pair on him he'd, he'd just take on anybody you know regardless of how shit he was playing or yeah, he just what, what the first thought in his head is just be positive do something that will impact mm-hmm. the game and every time he comes onto the pitch he just wants to impact and influence a game. And yeah, there's a rawness to his game. And he's a little bit, um, you know, maybe he's a, just a bit too in, intense maybe sometimes. and Maybe he needs to take, take a second at the time to do something. But every time he's played, we've been chasing the result, chasing the game. So that 100 miles an hour kind of attitude mm. is really, really useful. I mean, the cross for the goal, the equaliser, absolute peach. And we yeah. haven't seen that quality of crossing at all this season. Um the only thing I would say is my I mean my brother made a good point to me um he was at the game yesterday as well. There's probably no point in starting him if we're gonna not have players in the box you know, to mm-hmm. attack the, the deliveries that are going to be coming in or you know players in the final third because then he'll probably just run down blind alleys um much like Triori might have done you know to a certain extent. But I just think again going back to the point players like Toti, players like Fabio, players like him Who's going to gain the most from the remaining three games this season? Mm. It's them that you know, and I'm I'm
2: there for them having every single minute that remains. Is it is it to their detriment that he happens to be against City and Liverpool?
1: Well, you know, he threw Cundolan against Spurs. I know it's mm, true. It's not exactly the same, but mm-hmm. even still, he's another one who, who'd benefit more. I mean, you look at him in the, in the other 23s the other day, and he was running the show. It he was he's, he's So
0: the, good at that level.
1: The complete opposite of what he what he was at Newcastle, where he was he was terrified. I mean, obviously he did not have much to pass to as well, but which didn't help. But he probably played more forward passes in the first 10 minutes of that under 23s game than he did in the whole 90 minutes at St. James's. But yeah, he's another one. And how ridiculous Dendonka was at times. Um but uh, he's another one. He's had his time, he needs to go as well. But it is what it is. I think he, I think Kundal, show, Kundal playing has showed that he is not really that bothered. And we told you as well, if the time is right, he'll play him. So mm. I don't see what, what what harm it's going to do against Man City or whatever, just to put him in. Because mm. if we, if we, if, if, if you go <laughs> tried and trusted, you get the first 25, 30 minutes again, like we did yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we know sure. exactly what's going to happen there. So we might as well we freshen did. it up.
2: We do, we do. One other um, performance I wanted to mention and get your thoughts on. Um, you know, Cody with the uh, with the equaliser, fantastic scenes in front of the travelling fans. Um, it's been a tough one for Cody in, in multiple ways, really. You know, we talk about the defensive frailties. Obviously, he's our captain and he's part of that as much as anybody else is. But when things are going right, it's always, okay, we're going to go four at the back. It's going to be, uh, you know, Kilman, and then it's all Highlander. It can only be one, and it's probably going to be Gomez, or we're going to bring somebody else in. Uh, And he's the first person that we talk to when when we talk about fight and, you know the mentality to win, etc. He said in his post game um, comments um, interviews. He said, you know, we were hurt by the comments that we are already on the beach and stuff like that as well. Um, so I'm I'm really pleased he got the equaliser. To be fair, just to give him that moment to kind of he be the reason that we equalised. But I know where do you guys? Uh, how much is this sentiment, or how much is this actually? He's still a you know massively important player for us.
1: Well. If we're going to move to a four, we've never seen him in a four, have we? Mm-hmm. So we don't really know. We, we, none of us five years ago thought he could play in, in defence at all, let alone in a back five. So who knows? I mean, it, when he's done that for England, yeah, it's against rubbish. But it, it's still international football and he still played well in a mm-hmm. back four. So if he's got someone commanding next to him, yeah, he'll be Tarshan, Kilman and everyone else. But we've got a bit of squad depth then. And if we've got someone, I'm not saying someone like Ruben Diaz, obviously not him in that level, but someone of that stature, someone who's going to be commanding and equally as good as Cody, but a step up next to him. Mm-hmm. Then who's who's to say that he can't flourish there? We just we just don't know. And it would be incredibly harsh for, to take him out of the lineup. I mean, he's he's barely, he's had a, a few off months, but how many off months has he had in the last five years? Mm-hmm. Not many at all. No, so, not at all. For me, he's, he's worth a go, at least to start with. I think that...
0: They- the unknown quantity in this bizarrely is is what it's like without cody to be honest because he plays so often so consistently that i don't know what i think it would look like without cody for say one of three games and you know you can, you can have your one-off cup matches and stuff like that and you know there might be a slight difference but you're not going to tell i think with a player like him with his influence and his organizational skills all that you're not going to tell really how much of a difference there'd be until he misses four or five games in a row, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like he's become too important to the team to just ignore him if we do transition to a four. And I think this season particularly, he's kind of, he's cut out those absolute stinkers that he used to have. Um, he's, even against Brighton, I don't think he was that bad. Uh, yeah, everything else has fallen apart around him. But he seemed to have a level of composure and maturity that kind of carried him through to an extent um mm. now you could argue that part of his job as captain is to kind of you know give give the troops a lift when things aren't going well for us and you yeah, know we've been behind in so many games this season that you could argue that he hasn't necessarily done that but mm. again you're it's it's that fear of the unknown of if he's not there for an extended period of time you know what would we do with that i mean we don't we have no idea really do we
2: yeah, exactly. Um, Stu, we've had a request in the comments for you here, um, if it'll load for me. How do you sing the Chiquinho song that we posted? Going to give us a little rendition um, at all for us, Stu?
1: What song is this? I game, remember. I don't...
2: Oh, course. It's the same it's, um, Viva
0: Ronaldo, is it? But it's Viva Chiquinho. I don't know the Viva Ronaldo song. It's not um...
1: really, that, the that, Oh, I don't know. I, I know that the, it's a Viva Ronaldo. That that's nonsense, eh? <laughs> but the real one is a cover of um, Cecilia by Suggs. Okay, which fits that perfectly. Is, but
2: that is a niche bit of knowledge.
1: It might it might be a niche reference, but it works, and you'll all be singing it tonight. Now, <laughs> go on. I need I need you to talk me through this. Does he just say Cecilia and we say Chiquinho?
0: Like is that is that all it is?
1: I'm not a songwriter, am I? I'm not. I'm not saying <laughs> someone else can do the work. I'm, I'm, I'm just okay. putting the ideas out there. Okay, I'll go after you, yo. you're breaking my heart. Whether oh, I know the one you're on about. He's, yes. he's not breaking
0: yes, hearts
2: yes. right now. He's not breaking hearts. He's making them, mate. That's that's all I say. About <laughs> him. I like it. <laughs> um, going back to the game, um, just to wrap up. are there any other performances that you do want to highlight? I think. <sighs> Because he's so consistent for us. Saar, obviously we don't we haven't, you know, got a got a fancy image for him or anything like that, but he kept us in the game with some smart saves as he always does. Stu. I will give you credit where credit is due. You have been on the SAR train from the very, very start.
1: Um four years.
2: Four years.
1: Yeah, uh, when, some... when we got promoted, I I said on the on the, the preview show I wanted before we signed Ruby, I wanted Jeze Sar. And Ben shot me down. Look who's
0: right now, Ben. Hmm. This I mean this sounds incredibly harsh, but has he got anywhere near any of the penalties that we've conceded? Because we keep Doesn't conceding matter. penalties. And I just wanted to I wanted to save one. I'm just like, come on, Jose. Like <laughs> just, just
1: pull one out of the bag. It's like the, like the Portuguese Peter Shilton, eh? It's just never gonna happen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um right, well, we'll put that game um, to bed now. Um looking ahead then to the midweek fixture um against City. Um, it's one of those really you know you say that the season is dead and buried it's not quite it is but it's not quite City have obviously got the league still to play for and, and have to pretty much go I know Liverpool drew at the weekend but um, they really still have to go pretty much win every game I don't think Liverpool will lose one at this point um, how do you think you know you mentioned you know you bleed the youth in which is fine but City are going to come out all guns blazing. But this is the exact kind of game where we fl- we flourish. Um, what do you think? You know, briefly, how how this game will go? Have we got a chance against the you know the champions elect?
1: We could have we could have got something up there if we hadn't been cheated out of it all. <laughs> but I mean, kilman could have say could have could have won us a point in the last minute at the Etihad. That so they're not. Out of, the, out of the two of them, and the City are the ones that you, even though they've won, is it five nil today? Mm-hmm. Um, against the greatest they're the ones, Eddie Howe side in history, yeah, they're the ones who, if you get them on the right day, then you can get something out of, as we have done in the past. It's sort of, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, beyond the realms of possibility to happen, but they've shown time and time again when people do run at them, they don't like it, which is why. Was kind of tentative with Chiquinho, just for that reason. And yeah, mm-hmm. the, the the bodies in the box is an issue, as it has been all season. Um, And I presume that we're not going to do that, and we'll be quite defensive, and we'll try and pick pick our battles when and where. But I'm not going to say we're going to get battered, and we're not going to automatically lose, because we've beaten them before, more uh, a handful of times, so who knows? I think okay.
0: I think at their place, if we kept 11 men on the pitch, I think we'd have won. Um, just because they look so average. But unfortunately we, we have a scarecrow up top at the moment, uh, basically. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. I I was really hoping that they'd be rattled by the whole Champions League um, mm. knockout. And unfortunately they seem to have a really easy game today. Um, so they might have kind of knocked that out of their system. But... We've proven time and time again we're a bit of a kryptonite to these some of these bigger sides, mm-hmm. and it, I, I mean I've, I've thought this all along. You know, if Liverpool had to pick a team, they you know wanted to play in the last game of the season, it wouldn't have been us. If Man City, you know, had to go away and win a game, to you know, to kind of extend their lead, they wouldn't choose to play Wolves Um, just because there are far easier games for them in this league. And I'll kind of hang on to that a little bit, but like you say. The tried and tested. It, it worries you a little bit that there's going to be mm-hmm. something rash again. And there's no, again, there's no reason for us not to freshen things up and blood those players into what we expect of them, you know, with a view
2: to them starting games next season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so moving on, well, just before we go into um, Twitter Corner, there is um, a couple of games um, for the other um Wolves squads that are going on over the next week. Um so uh Wolves women are up against that horrible lot up the road in the Birmingham County Cup final I think it is. Um on the 11th on on the Wednesday. It is the same time as the city game which is an unfortunate um an unfortunate timing. Um but if you are uh, available for the game and you're going to be attacked at the banks so if you're um from that part of the world and you wanted to see Wolves women in the cup final against uh, the shit, then by absolutely um, check them out and give them your support. The under 23s are also in the Premier League Cup, is it? I think it's called. Um, also against the Albion um, at the Hawthorns on Friday evening. I believe the allocation for the away tickets has already sold out for that. Um, so I don't know how or you know how this works, really. Can you know the allocation be? You know, it will only be for a small portion of the ground, and I'm sure Albion have only been given a one stand, maybe, or something like that. Um, under twenty three football against um against the Albion. Stu, have you ever encountered that before? Is it is it ever did it ever have any of the bite of the um of the senior fixture?
1: Not in the well, I don't watch many under twenty three games anyway. I'll, I'll watch them if I'm around and I can, um but. I wanna like back in the day when they used to have the reserves at Molyneux, there was a the, it it did kick off a few times against Albion when we when we played them because they'd have mm-hmm. like a, they'd have like 20 or so fans that'd come and watch. And it, it would it wouldn't gun the real responsibility for it to kick off there, and it happened a handful of times fighting over mm-hmm. the bovrels. Um but it's it's any game against them, like it's it's inbred into every team. That we've got, so it'll be even the esports lads will get it eventually, they'll understand.
0: Yeah, um. <laughs> imagine. to be fair, yeah. I mean, to, uh, to both teams, I mean, Wolves women clearly having a really great season. Under 23 is when I've watched them recently, been scintillating football to watch, and mm-hmm. I feel like they've kind of carried the can for the club. While the first team has been terrible, <laughs> uh, when we've been <laughs> you know watching the games on YouTube, you know, in terms of entertainment and attacking football on offer really, really enjoyable, and it's a good sign of the overall health of the club that,
2: you know, the kind of the sideshows are doing so well. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's really good to see. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll move on to Twitter Corner then to wrap up. So we've only got a couple here today that we're going to show in the um, in the graphics. So firstly, Rob Cartwright, uh, if we switch to a back four, what would be your preferred formation? Who plays in what position from the current squad, and who would you like to come in to fill the gaps? Stu, Formation wise, what would you like to see? Um, and are there any people that are an absolute cert in certain positions in that four at the back?
1: Um, I think like what like we just talked about, I think you got Cody and then one other, um, at least to start with, just to see, just to see how he deals with it. I mean, if you bring in a superstar defender in, we've got more than enough to kind of see which one plays with him best. Um I'd go I'd go Kenny Jackett four, two, three, one. Bring it mm-hmm. back. Who and Michael Jacobs would be? That's anyone's guess. I mean, it, it could be Gibbs White. He could play there, but the majority of the time at Sheffield United, he's played wide, which we all said, "Oh, we can't. He can't possibly play there. It's not his position." But it's one of them. He's had a, if it. If, like we've said over and over again, if it wasn't him, and it was just some other an English under twenty-three, under twenty-one player ripping up the championship, winning Player of the Year, we'd be clamouring over him, wouldn't we? So. If we've got him coming back in the summer, he can go on one of the one of the wide positions. Could, he could have a fr- a fluid front, a fluid three, couldn't he, Behind it, you could mix it up. He gives you options, and you've got someone in the 10 position to get, actually get in the box as well. Mm-hmm. Like Gully said, we've got actually got players who could actually play that <laughs> from a forward point of view. It's just the defense. And mm-hmm. again, midfield so, where
0: him yeah. Let me let me reel it off for you. Sign goal. Semedo, Cody, Kilman, Johnny at the back, Nevers, Matino in front of him, Gibbs, White, Pedence, either or right wing or number 10, Neto wide left, Fabio up top. That sounds exciting to me. Yeah.
2: And then yeah, Fosen don't, don't, don't need to spend a penny. Don't need to spend a penny. Try, right, try uh, that we all, against, Try we against
0: Norwich. They're going to cite this podcast in their transfer dealings at the end exactly, of the transfer is, window, aren't they? Is,
1: we, <laughs> we, heard, we, heard,
2: we heard the fans wanted this, so we're going to give the fans what <laughs> they want. <laughs> you know anyway. what's going to happen
1: now? We, the, the people are going to blame us, thinking that we know what's going on again. Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're just a mouthpiece for posting. So that's a, we had to put pictures of Vinny the criminal out again to kind of counterbalance it all.
2: <laughs> but we never knew about any bust-up at the club. Just no, 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 we didn't. No, we didn't. <laughs> um king wolf 84 two wolves players in connor ronan and morgan gibbs white have been getting rave reviews and player of the season awards from the clubs they are on loan to what does the future hold for them personally for him uh, sell uh, ronan and keep morgan gibbs white thoughts on that one gully um obviously morgan gibbs white especially is getting headlines for absolutely tearing it up for sheffield united but we've seen this before um and then the second he puts on the old gold it doesn't quite go the way some would argue actually he's never played in the position that he shines in anywhere else um what do you think with those two players is it their opportunity and is it the final opportunity for Morgan Gibbs-White to to flourish in Wolves colours you'd probably say so I
0: mean I feel like it'd be quite cruel on Conor Ronan to keep uh, kind of putting him out alone now I guess he's <laughs> He's played his way into, I don't know, someone like Celtic or Rangers potentially taking him because he's done so well mm-hmm. in the SPL and, and and finding a home there. And to be fair, that's a really good move for him, I think. And um, so maybe we uh, coerce one of them to put in uh, a five million pound bid, and yeah, he probably could be quite pleased with that. Uh, for Morgan, I, I mean, people, I've seen people throwing around figures like twenty million quids, you know, and, and snapping people's hands off for it. While I appreciate that would probably a nice be a nice offer. I don't see the reinvestment of that money for a light for light replacement going well, so I'd like to see him come
2: back and play because I think he's got a lot to offer. Hmm. Fair. Fair. Stu. Final thoughts on uh, Morgan Gibbs White in terms of what he can do. Does he come straight back in next season straight into the eleven or at least in the squad? Um, or actually, you know, if we were offered a good sum of money for him. Bear in mind, we're on a sell-to-buy potential outlook. What do you do?
1: Well, if he comes back in pre-season and, and plays the way he has for them, then we ain't going to get a player, like we said, we ain't going to get a player of that ilk for £20 and we? It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I think, and people say, oh, it's only the championship. It was only the championship for Mason Mount as well. Then he went straight into a Chelsea side, side that got into was an an amazing run of the lampard so it works people use the championship thing as an argument for either side of it mm-hmm. if you want to use it as a, as a good league to develop and have a good run of games at last hardly hampered by injury which has been one of his problems as well fine give you he comes back I'll put straighten the team you why, mm-hmm. why, why wouldn't you if if he was in the team that we got promoted with, Playing the way he is he'd be still on the team sheet wouldn't he so what's the difference mm,
2: true true uh, and finally then very own richard hobbs with the commonwealth games around the corner which wolf players would you have competing in more niche events
0: mm. I, it's do to know i, I mean I, i'd have to go out and research what kind of events actually go on at commonwealth games but I it's assume it's
2: Olymp- just Olympic standard, Is it the, Olymp- kind of the Olympic Games, I guess.
0: I'm at a loss. I'm at a bit of a loss. Um don't know. Jose Sarr rides a bike. Is it like a BMX competition or something? I feel like there might be a BMX.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think as time has gone on, I think they've tried to introduce like skateboarding and BMX yeah. and stuff like that. And he just seeing like our resident <laughs> radical dude, as I'm sure he sees himself. Yeah, I um, you know, I-, I know he's not got the, the build for it, but... The way that you know, Safe does like to just grab onto a man and just pull them down at all costs. That I mean, that's essentially, <laughs> yeah. that's essentially sumo wrestling. Just yeah, but the physique for it. So, you sure sumo either, maybe yeah, you know, something, like, something that. like that. But Stew, any take on that? Is there any any uh, is there any players you think may excel in another field?
1: I mean, we, we could stretch this a little bit and say, you no, know, George Alakobe is retired after 19 years as a pro. Put him getting him back in in the shot put team. You you wouldn't want to argue with him, would you? No, you wouldn't. You absolutely scored wouldn't. on you... his final game. I was as going to say rugby. he did. Very
2: oh, no. scored on his final game, so that's um, a nice send off for him as well. I remember when he hit when he had like that um, an appearance at Molyneux and he, he like he, he did like a like, full lap of honour that went <laughs> yeah. on into the second half. <laughs> he walked <laughs> around the whole of the of the, of the stadium. It was hilarious. But well, there we go. So um thank you very much everybody for tuning in today whether that has been on YouTube and Twitter Live or uh, whether you listen to this in the week. We really appreciate your support. Thank you very much to Pixel Yeti Media and to 90min.com as well for their support and if you uh, want to check out our socials, um, please do. Fancast on the social media. Um, Gully, he has a fantastic series um, of his tactical analysis which is really in-depth and Explains in a lot more detail than I can about how we've played in the tactical side of things. Um, we have our uh, player, um, sorry, our game previews as well. And in the closed season, we are in negotiations about what kind of content that we're going to be doing as well. Bringing back a couple of old favourites like film cast, mental health episodes as well. Stories from the pack. There's going to be a lot going on in the closed season as well. So make sure that you're subscribed and have your notifications on to get all the information about that. But for now, Stu, if you want to say goodbye.
1: Yes. Enjoy your week, everyone. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> Gully, if you want to say goodbye. <laughs> why, why is it funny when Steve says something like that? Actually?
1: I didn't say anything wrong then. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to shield Cage fighting now. Gully, you have bought this on yourself. <laughs> if, you go, if you want to go and listen to three bald blokes from Runs and talk about films and argue with each other about Marvel... Go over and find us over a cage yeah, fighting pod. To
0: be fair, you're being quite cruel to yourself there, because I can see a little bit sprouting on top at the moment. Yeah, but the
1: reason good. why I show it because there's nothing there. Look,
0: <laughs> there's always turkey.
2: <laughs> the, thing, the, thing, the thing is Stu's like being um, completely sincere when he's like bye everybody have a great yeah, week like, he's being sincere he just sounds hilarious coming from yeah. shoe that's all look, look but, I
1: feel this beer machine as well if you want <laughs> you've
2: had too many of them pal um, <laughs> no, thank you everybody and uh, have a great week and we'll see you um, after the uh, after the City game take it easy <laughs> It would be a
1: Wolves fan eh On goes full, sleep all might get winners here for Wolves, flaps in the shot!